0: Duh! Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you?
1: Good afternoon, sir. I had a, a leak uh, in, in a uh, in, in my roof, and uh, some of the water uh, came through. I guess worked its way through the insulation, and I've got some some I'd say minor staining in the ceiling. Uh, okay. I don't believe there was any structural degradation of the uh, of the sheetrock in the ceiling, but it's you know you got some perimeter stains around there. Sure. I'm just wondering what what would be the best way. I don't think the sheetrock needs to be replaced per se. So I'm just wondering how would you proceed with uh, uh, taking care of the uh, cosmetic part of it.
0: Well, you know, typically if it just gets wet that one time and it doesn't stay saturated to the point where the sheetrock starts to crumble when you touch it, right? All you have to do is put a sealer on it, uh, a pigmented sealer, uh, a pigmented shellac sealer, Zinser makes a really good one, and that's Z-I-N-Z-E-R. Okay. And uh, that'll seal it up and you don't have to worry about it. Then you can paint over it after you put that on there.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, d- uh, pigmented shellac. I, yep. I'm familiar with the Zinzer brand. I've never got that product, but I, I can sure find it.
0: Well, you just have to you know, look under the name there because they have so many different lines. Okay. And there's one of them that'll say it's a, a pigmented shellac. And uh you know, it's it's really just a primer sealer, though.
1: I got you. Okay. Well, great. That's exactly what I needed.
0: All right. Good luck with that, Doug. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye. Again, our number seven one three two one two five eight seven four. That's seven one three two one two five eight seven four. And you know, that's a pretty common thing where you you get water stains that come through. The other thing you got to be worried about, though, and that you you typically have to check is that your insulation is okay. Because if your insulation gets too saturated, and sometimes you don't know that from underneath, you get just a little water stain underneath, but your insulation on the top side is saturated. Well, you gotta make sure you get that dry because you don't wanna worry about molds and mildews and stuff. As long as it dries out, it's not a problem. Mold and mildew won't grow. That area, though, you may end up replacing the insulation in just that localized area. And for no other reason than when insulation gets wet, it loses its effectiveness. So just a a little side note on that. Robert, welcome to KTRH. How can I help you? Good
2: afternoon. Um, I have a two-part question. Uh, The first part is, uh, is uh, this time of the year for Houston area a good time to paint the exterior of
3: your house?
0: Absolutely, because the, cause the temperatures are already mild, so it's a great time to be outside and doing it. The paints won't dry too fast like they can when, it, when it's extremely hot.
2: And then that leads to the second question, which um, I have a, a regular wood panel siding on the second floor of my house, and uh, it's uh, peeling and flaking really badly. So before I go and get any kind of exterior paint to put on it, I'm clearly going to have to get the old paint off. What is the best way to do that when you're talking about a second-story section of the house?
0: Well, typically the best way is to start with pressure washing uh, because that not only gets off some of the peeling paint, but any paint that's blistering that you really don't see it peeling yet, a lot of times it'll take that loose. Then you need to go behind and sand down and feather out the edges and stuff, reprime those areas, now you're ready to paint.
2: And, and the um, I've heard uh, they run an ad uh, on the radio uh, about this um, new kind of paint that's supposed to last 20 to 30 years. It's more of a rubberized yeah. stuff. What do you know about that?
0: Well, what you're talking about is a, a uh, coating. It's really not a paint, per se. Um, and they're, they're actually very good. Let, for, I'll, I'll start with that. Um Rhino Shield is one that I have actually looked into and can recommend to you uh, as, as one that will do a great job for you. In the in heat and Eastern
2: weather conditions?
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Be, uh, because they're ceramic based. And what that ceramic does is one, uh, it, it helps with the longevity of the coating, but two, it reflects the heat much like a. Uh, Radiant barrier does, and so yeah, take a look at Rhino Shield. And I think if you go to my website, THIPro.com, you will find them there because I don't seem to have their phone number with me, and I'm not sure why. But uh, yeah, Rhino Shield is the one I would look at.
2: Excellent. Thank you very much. That that was the, the key questions was is this the right time of the year and and. Um, uh, What's the best way to get the old paint off? So, Now I will them. tell
0: you when you when you use one of those coatings like that. Yeah. That is typically not a do-it-yourself project. Uh, there, there's enough prep work that goes into the, to using those coatings that typically the manufacturers won't even sell it to homeowners, so that you'll end up going to somebody like Rhino Shield to get it done.
2: So, so if you. Uh, compare conventional exterior paint versus something like rhino shield are you is it a good balance of cost versus longevity
0: years out of it It'll be fading and, and stuff like that but you'll get 10 years out of it when you use a product like this rhino shield you're looking at a 25 year warranty on the product itself and so typically you paint it once and you're done you just plain don't have to worry about it anymore Ed, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey,
4: Jim. Thanks for being here for us. I have a building that does not have a foundation. What's supporting the roof are wood posts that are five inches in diameter. They're sunk in the ground, I'm going to guess about a foot and a half, and then they go up eight feet to support the roof. The wood to earth contact has rotted the post and instead of replacing the existing posts, it was suggested that I take five foot posts, five inches in diameter, uh, yeah, five inches in diameter, five feet long, sinking those posts next to the existing posts about two feet, leaving three feet to the weather, and then connecting the two with either leg or stove bolts. It sounded like a great idea to me, but I wanted to get your thoughts.
0: Well, it definitely could be done that way. Um, I guess my biggest question is going to be, how are you going to get those holes in the ground with the walls and everything right there in your way?
4: Well, again, its uh, I call it a three-sided barn. This is a wooden okay, structure so it's a pole barn with four-hated yeah. metal for siding and for uh, roof. So... You, you can get to those wooden posts. They're exposed.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you do have material on one side of them, right? Not on the front.
4: On the back side, okay. yes, it's corrugated metal that can be taken off, or we could go in through the inside where there's where there's no wall at all. There's only wall on the very outside of of three walls. If okay. I'm making say it's a single... a single wall design.
0: Yeah, okay. Absolutely what you're talking about doing uh, next to it would work just fine. Would
4: you add concrete to the footings? I've heard that it's not always a good idea because that concrete can entrap moisture into the wood itself. And it will. How would you do the footing if not by concrete? Would you just go right back into the ground?
0: Yeah, typically I'm gonna go just go right back in the ground, and and the main reason, I mean, look at how many years you've had it the way it is. Yeah, right. And if you if you get a good ground contact type wood material, like a creosote pole or heavily or some of the heavily treated materials that's made for ground contact, uh, like what's used in bulkheads and such. It will outlive your lifetime and mine. Now
4: I I've heard that I could use old motor oil to to coat uh, things like like this, like what we're talking about, as opposed to creosote and so so forth. What's your now, take on that? Have you ever heard of using motor old motor oil for this type of thing?
0: Yeah, in the old days, they used to do stuff like that. But well, I'm the a problem old with that guy. is. Yeah, the problem is it won't soak in deep enough, and so does it help? Absolutely, but the the uh, the creosote and my personal favorite would be to go back with ground contact treated lumber will way outlast going with the motor oil. Doug in Pearland, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Jim? Doing wonderful.
5: So I had a, at my house painted here this spring with the Sherman you know, Sherwin Williams Super Paint. It's a brick and Hardy, you know, house. So the paint is fine. I had them um, put caulking around all the windows and, uh, you know, the color matching that paint and everything. Uh, about two, three or four weeks ago, I noticed that a lot of the, the, the caulking itself has got like a dark mold on it, and uh, you know, it never happened before we did this paint job. So I guess my question is, is, did they use the wrong paint? And if they did, if I had to have them come back out and do do they have to remove the old caulk or, you know, how is that taken care of?
0: No, it doesn't sound like it, because it, the paint's not what's molding. It's the no, caulking,
5: no. correct? No, just, just the caulk, yes.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's a caulking issue, not a paint issue. Hmm. I bet they use just a dirt-cheap caulk.
5: Okay, so I should call them up and, and complain, have them uh, come out. To, now, do they have to cut out the old caulk, to, or do they just go over with the, the new caulk?
0: No, unfortunately, they're going to have to cut some of that out. Okay. And otherwise, otherwise, since there's mold underneath it already, it would come through.
5: Okay. That's that's what I was afraid of. Okay. The answer to your question, Jim. Thank you very
0: much. All righty. Good luck with that. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, that's one of those things. you got to use good materials like we've been talking about. You, you use cheap materials, you're going to have issues. Greg, this is Jim. Welcome to KTRH. Hi. How you doing? Wonderful. Great. Uh, My question is,
3: I've I've bumped into a few different uh, houses. They're typically about 20 to 25 years old. And they have the, um, you look at the wall and it looks like uh, it's painted, but it's got the sand finish. And it looks like a a heavy grit sand. So I went to Home Depot and I uh, went into their uh, area where they have the uh, texture Uh, sand finish but it doesn't match that old sand finish is there uh, a remedy i can come up with and make my own to go back to the old school sand finish
0: no you're probably just going to have to go to another store unfortunately a lot of the box stores have gone to where all they're carrying is uh, more of the it's not popcorn, but it's a similar type material for the walls. Right. Uh, if you go, if you'll go to a regular paint store, though, uh-huh. uh huh. Some of them still carry the the sand finish.
3: Okay, so it's gonna literally all you're gonna see is paint and sand, because this other stuff has like a heavy body. It's almost like a compound that when you roll it on, it looks like a rolled finish. Yep. Okay, so I need to just go and go back to a like a a, a paint store. Correct. Now, it is yeah, not there, a, not Is there a um is there such a thing, I mean, uh to be able to just get that sand and make my own? I mean, is this a certain course of a sand or
0: well, yeah, and that's what you'll end up getting when you go to the to a regular paint store.
3: Okay, so it's it's more of a a gritty. It's an added, Yeah, they
0: there there's there's a couple ways it was done. One was it was blown on before finishing, but for smaller patches, they actually have products that you can mix into the paint. Uh huh. It's just a powder that mixes into the paint that you can roll it on with, and okay. that that's uh, most most of the paint stores will have that.
3: Okay. Okay, I sure appreciate
0: you. You bet. Take care. Right, Bye. Bye. And, uh, you know, matching textures is a real trick because you got several different things you got to play with and practice it before you put it on your walls. Uh, Get it down the way you want it and then put it on your walls. Now, one of the things that uh, I wanted to bring up today was fireplaces because, you know, we're starting to get them little cool fronts coming in. Not that it's cold yet, but it's coming. And one of the things I wanted to bring up is the fact that fireplaces can be a really big fire hazard if not properly maintained. Properly maintained, hey, it's not an issue. Problem is, we use them year after year without doing a thing to them. They do periodically need to be checked. In fact, the National Fire Protection Association uh, has put out... Uh, a level of inspections you know level 1 if you're if you're uh, just going to maintain using it the same way you've been doing it level 2 and and this covers not only fireplaces but for heating systems and such as well a level 2 inspection you know is required if you're going to be making changes to the system now a lot of people think oh who's ever going to change a fireplace i i had a house one time where the fireplace faced into the living room and i wanted to open it up into a corner fireplace and I actually opened it up to where it was open on three sides, that's a change. It needed inspections. That's a level two inspection. Uh, So, you know, there are different things you need to be done. If you're needing to get it looked at or you're wanting to get your fireplace cleaned, one of the things you want to make sure is that you're using a certified chimney sweep. And CSIA is an organization that administers the only national recognized certification program for the chimney and venting service industry as a standard measurement of technical expertise. So, if you're wanting to find somebody who is certified, who you know has gone through proper training and such, csia.org dot org is their website. csia.org. org and. Uh, Again, if you're going to have your fireplace cleaned out, you don't get that chimney cleaned up, that's where you need to go and I always get calls hey can can I use those logs that burn off inside the fireplace to clean it up, the answer is yes, you can use them. Is it going to do everything you need done? No, it's not and so if you want to use something like that in between, getting a regular certification or you know a regular cleaning done. absolutely go ahead. you got to be careful, though, because basically what those logs are doing is, through chemical and heat, cleaning the inside of the chimney, where when a chimney sweep comes out, they're actually running brushes down and and getting all the debris off the walls. And if you've got a problem with the chimney and you use one of those logs that's going to burn the sides of it and say there's a hole, you can actually cause a huge issue by getting fire going outside. And let's face it, most of our fireplaces nowadays are not real fireplaces. And when I say real, I mean it's really a metal box, got a metal pipe that comes comes up to let the, the heat out, the smoke out and everything. Where the old fireplaces, you had a a clay flue that went up and it was packed with brick around it. We don't typically build them that way. Not saying that they're not some still built that way, but most homes, that's not what it is. Most homes around that metal flue going up is nothing more than two by fours in open space. And so if flames start getting into that, you can cause a house to catch on fire. Kay, how can I help you? Uh,
6: Yes. Um, Thank you for taking my call. My My question is how do I rid my home of the previous owner's cigarette smoke. Or the smell of the previous
0: owner's cigarette smoke. Okay. Uh, and I'm assuming this is a standalone home, correct? Not, a, yes, it not is. a okay. The things that you normally have to do in a home where somebody's been in there as a heavy smoker, one, mm-hmm. the carpet has to be cleaned. No uh, carpet. And so we got we have floors or...? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. um tile. yes. Okay. Obviously all that's got to be cleaned, you got to get the nicotine off of it. As far as the walls, and the walls is normally where the problem is, they have to be painted. usually, And depending on how bad the smoke is will depend on what you have to do. If it's extremely bad, where you can actually see the tar and stuff on the walls, you sometimes actually have to wash them down with a degreaser first. In order okay. to take some of that nicotine off, then paint it with a primer sealer and go ahead and do your final coat of paint on top of that. Uh, it, it can be it can be quite extensive, depending on how severe the smoke is in there. Now, uh, so has it well, was it was it heavy enough that that it's actually stained the walls and everything? Oh
6: um, no no no, I, and it could just be my sensitivity <laughs> to... Um, the the smell, but I did have the home professionally painted before I moved in. I okay. also had it professionally cleaned, not the wall, but just the home itself. You know, the blinds and so sure. forth. I did replace some of the blinds. There's no carpeting. I had. Did you have um, the air
0: conditioning system cleaned?
6: I actually had it replaced because the air conditioning system was not working properly. <laughs> so, okay. So um, and that's why I'm thinking. I mean, I had new floors. You know, put in the kitchen and the dining room. The others clean. No carpeting. No draperies. Um, so I was just wondering.
0: Okay, what, what else about can the ductwork?
6: Excuse me.
0: Oh, what about the ductwork on the AC?
6: Was that replaced?
0: Yes, ma'am. Or clean? no? Or or cleaned? Either one? No. No. You may want to check that. I mean, again, okay. it, and it all depends on how heavy the smoking was. I mm-hmm. will tell you up front: I am not one who normally tells people get ductwork cleaned, mm-hmm. uh, because it it's typically going through filtered filters anyways before the air is going through the duct. So normally, I don't tell people work on getting ducts cleaned. Mm-hmm. However, in this case, you, I would recommend you have it checked at the very least. Okay. And if if it's not in the ductwork at all. I mean, you've hit all the big spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it possible that it got into the insulation and stuff? It is possible, but highly unlikely, because it, for it to be that heavy, mm-hmm. the walls and everything would have been stained. But I, I will give you one other thing that you can do okay. that will will truly get rid of it. Mm-hmm. When a house catches fire and they, it, it's, it's inundated with smoke, they come mm-hmm. out, they come in with ozone machines. Mm-hmm. And those ozone machines go in, and it, it literally just cleans the air and, and all the odors and everything. Uh, so, like mattresses that have nothing but smoke, they put them into an ozone room. It, it takes all that out of it. and makes it smell like new again. It oh. will give you a different type of odor for a little while be from mm-hmm. the ozone, but mm-hmm. it will definitely get rid of all that smoke odors.
6: Okay. So that is a, a professional company.
0: Yes, ma'am. Uh, you, you, what you'd be looking for is a company that does, like, fire restoration and such.
6: Ah, uh, mm-hmm. I really appreciate your help.
0: Okay, you have a good day, and I, I wish you luck with that. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Again, our number, 214-787-1080. I tell you, getting that smoke smell out is one of the most difficult things you can do. I had an office down in uh, Corpus Christi that... Caught fire one day, and that was just a big, big pain to get rid of the odors in there. And once we brought the ozone machines in, poof, it was done. It, it took care of everything. The, I had an email that came in. Our master bedroom bath is very small. Switching the one sink cabinet, which is on the outer wall side, with the small shower on the other side, would give us a little larger shower what are the cons in doing this okay so basically what they're asking about is moving swapping where the sink is to where the shower is and that's very doable because both of them are going to use basically an inch and a half to two inch line it's that's much easier to deal with than moving a toilet uh, with a shower or something like that because the toilet's going to use a 3 or 4-inch line. So since we're dealing with the same size drain lines, it becomes much easier. Here's the cons you're going to be dealing with. Typically, the sink line goes in the wall, drops down through the plate at the bottom of the wall, under the s- foundation, and then goes from there. A shower typically has a drain line in the middle of the shower. So it's out in the room. So when you make this switch, you're going to have to probably jackhammer the foundation at both locations and redo the pipes. One you're going to take out of the wall and put to the middle, towards the middle, and the other one you're going to take from the middle and put into the wall. So other than that, it's not going to be very difficult at all because you got hot and cold water at both locations. The only downside is, more than likely, The hot and cold is going to be in the wrong spot in the shower, but that just means opening up sheetrock and rerouting the pipes a little bit. Not that big a deal. And there's nothing wrong on an older home like this that's probably got galvanized pipes, and I'm making the assumption it's an older home, simply because that's typically where the smaller bathrooms are. But if you reroute those pipes over, you can use PEX instead of using galvanized pipes makes it very easy to do so can it be done absolutely are you going to spend some money on it you betcha but if it gives you a bigger shower and you still have the same size sink it's probably going to be worth it because that will increase the resale value but on top of that it makes it easier to sell small bathrooms with tiny showers are becoming harder and harder to sell so if you can increase that size a little bit it just opens a bigger market up for you now, one thing I didn't address on moving of the stuff on that bathroom, moving, the, swapping where the sink is to where the shower is, contractors are the worst at always wanting to use green board behind tile in showers and tub surrounds. Make sure they use a concrete backer board. The green rock or moisture rock, whatever you want to call it, is made to go in the rest of the bathroom where they use regular sheetrock. So just make sure that they don't use it in the tiled areas, the wet areas is basically what I'm talking about. Oh, we lost Tessa. She has a faux chimney that's leaking. And this is a big problem. A lot of times when they build a faux chimney, the water comes down and it hits that flat wall. It needs behind it what's called a cricket. And what the cricket is is basically a little pitched roof. So as the water comes down the roof, it hits that and goes off to the sides around the chimney. When they're trying to waterproof, where the water comes down and hits and basically like a dam, it's just not going to work. Eventually, that will leak. So typically, a good roofer, when he's doing that roof, We'll change it over to have that cricket to take care of that problem for you. So, Tessa, I hope that helps you out with that because that is a common problem. Mary, this is Jim. How can I help you?
6: I have a very old house. It's a fixer-upper, and we removed the tile in the uh, kitchen, the wall tile, Uh and it was very difficult to remove. We had to rent all sorts of tools. And um, anyway, I want to redo the bathroom tile on the wall. And I don't want those struggles again. Can I tile over the existing tile? And if so, what products are recommended?
0: And you're talking about on the walls itself?
6: Yes, not the shower, the tile on the walls in that bathroom.
0: Okay. You can, I wouldn't recommend it, but it can be done. Now, if you're not doing it, if you're doing it just like, you're talking about it comes up like halfway up the wall? Yes. Okay. They make a product that is a tar-based product that comes in a roll that you can actually stick onto that, and your new tiles will stick right onto it. There's no mastics involved at all. Oh, and then you what can grout that, that called? new tile. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Floor and Decor does carry it because I've, I've been in their store and seen it there, and it's just a tar-based roll-out sticky for attaching tiles.